What is up, Fat Guy Forum listeners? This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode. A couple things. First, I am very excited that this week, two new things are happening. One, this episode features the updated Fat Guy Forum, Fat Guy 5 questions. Two, if you are a member of the Patreon, the after show starts now. So this week, going forward, will be the brand new Fat Guy Forum after show exclusive to Patreons. So if you are not signed up, Check out the link in the the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving this show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to be sitting down with you tonight. Well, you might not listen to this at night. It might be morning for you, daytime, whatever it is. I'm just glad that you're here listening to another story. I've got a a guy on tonight who I have connected with on Instagram, and I'm excited just to bring him on the show and, and hear what he's about and what he's been through. And we will dive into that in a minute. But first, let's say hi to Jamie McKellar. Jamie, how are you doing tonight? Hey, great, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. So let's get talking about it. Let's get into your story. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Uh, so uh, to be on the Fat Guy Forum, I guess you got to be a bigger man, right? So I started off uh, my weight loss journey. I was sitting at around, I think, 346 pounds at my max weight when I stepped on the scale. And uh, yeah, I've just been working hard and doing everything you got to do, eating right and just lifting weights and yeah. So you don't wake up at 346 pounds, you know, as I, I, I say a lot on this show. Um, so obviously the, you, you put the weight on, like what were, you know, one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was you were actually pretty thinner when you were a small child. Like what, take us back to when your weight started to, to really come on to you, like when things changed. So I think my weight really started coming on was around puberty, just as I hit like that high school range at grade nine, whatever. And uh, that's when it really started to hit. Like when I was young, I was stuck at around 75 to 100 pounds, like all the way up till I was like 14 years old. I couldn't couldn't gain weight. I was always stuck. So I had that really, really fast metabolism. So it was nice. But now that I got bigger or now that I got like into high school, I just started throwing weight on like crazy. It was it was something I don't even know. I don't even know how it came on and how it happened. It just, it was wild. I just blew up. I think it's more from growing up a little bit poor, like poorer. So I uh, would always eat like canned foods, high calorie foods, like just because it's cheaper and easier, right? But I think that's mainly when it all started, right around that puberty range. But yeah, it was a, it was a rough time for sure. No, and and were you really conscious of it then? Like, was it something like to you were honest? Yeah, like go ahead. Sorry, to be honest, I wasn't really conscious of it because I was playing football. So I started off as like a wide receiver in grade nine, and then all of a sudden, like grade ten, I was a lineman. So I never really kind of realized until high school was done. I realized, holy crap! Like I'm a big boy like seeing myself in pictures and like graduation, I was like, wow, man, I didn't even know, like I got that big. And to me, like I was still really flexible. I was playing hockey. I was doing everything. So I didn't feel the size I was. 
No, but, I, th- I think that makes it, especially, you know, it's something I hear a lot on the show, you know, when, when people are active, you know, especially like in sports through school, it's, it's, especially it's a sport where you're putting your size to your, you know, using your size to your advantage. It's, it's not something that's kind of always up in your face every day or something that you're, you're sitting down contemplating. It just kind of is what it is and it's there. And, you know, it, it's usually when life enters a different phase that you start to become more conscious of it. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent right on that. And so after school, you know, your weight continued to go up. Like, do you think were were there times where you're like, okay, I want to try to do something about this? Or was it just, that was, that was life you were living and that was, that was the path you were on? No, to be honest, like I've done the whole weight loss journey, like probably a hundred times. I know this sounds like repetitive, but I've like I used to do P90X and I would never really eat healthy. I would just like burn more calories type thing. So I would do P90X and I'd lose a solid 50 pounds. But then once I lost 50 pounds, I would just like stop and I would go right back to where I started and just kind of slowly get, get the weight back on and gain it back and gain and then gain more usually. But it was always like a vicious cycle. I would do it. I would do great. And then it just went downhill fast. <laughs> and what were the things, you know, from your perspective, looking at it, you know, what, what were the things that kept it as a cycle for you? You know, was it go, did it go back to a relationship with food? Was it, you know, because I, I think sometimes you see people get into that cycle because they're in that mentality of, I need to do this to lose weight till I get to a certain point. And then I can do what I want to, you know, I can switch what I'm doing. Like, was it an, you know, on a plan, off a plan thing? Like, what, what do you think it was for you? I think it was like, uh, I think it was more like a relationship with food type thing. Like I would, I never really had a good relationship with food. I always had like, if I had emotions and stuff, I would just go get Wendy's or something. You know what I mean? To kind of kill it. Or if I, if I got to a certain weight, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm good now. Like my metabolism has changed or blah, blah, blah. Like everything is beautiful now. I can just eat what I want and not gain weight now because I'm at a certain, certain weight, but that never, never really worked. (laughs) Mm. And it seems like, you know, and, and this is one of the things I think can be interesting is like, do you think that that relationship with food, that kind of using food for, for comfort, those things, was that there when you were a kid too, and it just was lack of access, or do you think it was something that came on more as you entered, you know, headed into adulthood? I think it was uh, there as a kid too, but honestly, I don't really remember my childhood too too much. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was there as a kid. But then as I got a little bit older, I just used it a lot more, like that, and I guess alcohol too, right? As you grow up, and you find that beer and everything tastes good and it's fun to do, fun to drink right so i found the alcohol and the uh and the food just kind of cured every emotion every like aspect of life if you were having a bad day a couple of beers or like a, a big mac would just make the day better type thing and and how long like when did that how long did that go on for for you like what was you know until you got obviously you said you saw 346 as as the heaviest that you saw on a scale Like when, you know, when was that, how old were you then? Like what, how long was it that you kind of like were living life that way, kind of in that cycle? So I was probably from about 16. I started drinking around 16 to about 21 when I met my uh, fiance. 
so from that range, I was I was a big dude the whole time. And then just before I met my fiance, I lost 60 pounds. Like at around 20 years old, I lost about 60 pounds and I was doing really good. And then I got into that comfortable relationship where you go out for dinner two, three times a week. You do like uh, anything, like you just watch a movie, you're eating snacks, you're doing this, you're doing that. So I got back into those bad habits of just just overeating and not watching what I'm eating, just having fun, right? So around like 14 to 21, I was really, really just like grinding out food. I never really cared about it. I just ate it and just enjoyed every every ounce of it, right? And and one of the things you kind of shared in the, in the pre-interview was you, you kind of have had an event in your life that started you on the, the, the change you know, kind of the biggest, the biggest change you've made? Yeah. So, uh, about just, uh, just over three and a half years ago, I, my wife had our first daughter. So that was the biggest change in my entire life right there. And walking her. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Okay. Uh, walking her like up the stairs and stuff at around 350 pounds was not terrible. It was putting her in the crib with my stomach and like squishing my stomach and not being able to breathe or like, when I walked up a big flight of stairs with her, trying not to like breathe heavy to make her like worry if she's sleeping in my arms to wake her up or anything like that was a huge aspect of like the whole thing. And plus like that, that little girl you're holding her and you're thinking, man, like I'm a big lad. Like if I have anything happen to me, like a heart attack or something at a younger age, like that's going to leave her in this world pretty much alone with just my wife. Right. Like a kid needs a, a parent to grow up with. So that like I ate like like garbage for six months with the first she was born because the first six months were stressful with her, like not sleeping and all that type of stuff. So it became a little t- rough period. And then after that, I kind of was like, I got to do something. So on my birthday, May 29th, I finally settled down and I was like, I'm going to start working out at 4 a.m. every morning and get my act together and just start like dieting and cleaning up my attitude and like learning the proper way to eat to get the nutrition I need but not starve myself so like at around that time man I buckled down and went really really hard and and before we kind of dive into what that looked like like I because I think there's probably you know I've had other guys on the show and there's probably people listening that have been in that place that you talked about you know being a parent and knowing that your health has an impact on it you know it's it's when you start to see the impact of your actions and your health on other people. You know, it's a, it's a real world driver of that, of those feelings. Yeah, it really is for sure. And do you think that was, had you, had you thought about that before? Like, or was it really like once, you know, you were, you were in action as a parent that it started to really kind of solidify for you? To be honest, I I thought about it like when the baby was like uh, still inside, like when my wife was still pregnant. I thought about it, but then I was like, oh, I can't really have that much of an effect on like on my daughter if I'm a big guy and like I eat like garbage and she kind of sees it. It can't be that big of an effect. But then after it became like huge, I kind of realized like, wow, like what I'm eating and how much of what I'm eating is astronomical. Like I can't. I can't let her see me eat this kind of like poor quality food and this much of it at once. So 
then it kind of it kind of dawned on me like I really gotta I really gotta set some better examples for my daughter and my wife, which I think makes sense. You know that sense of responsibility, and yeah. you know using that as a driving force. Like you said, you really dove in. Like, how did you get started? So I literally got started by the same way I did like every other journey. I would just start by doing strict cardio, like going for runs, and then I found something like. I bought a punching bag and I was like, oh, this is fun cardio, like just hitting stuff, relieving stress. And uh, the running part, I always hated. I just did it because I knew that's how you're supposed to lose weight. That was my logic. Like you have to do cardio. So I started by the running and then I bought the punching bag and that was like the huge changing point. Like I noticed, okay, this is fun. Like this is more enjoyable than running and I'm pretty much burning like a ton of calories, just punching a bag and moving around. Like it was it became that, and then it progressed into something way, way crazy, like an addiction now. <laughs> and starting, you know, it's interesting because, you know, some people start with food, some people start with exercise. Had you made any adjustments to what you were eating when you got started? Like, what did yeah, that look like so for I, you? I cut out completely uh, fast food. I gave myself, like, one little off meal every, like, month. So I cut out all all the fast food, and then I just joined, like... I became, I pretty much went keto off the start because I was reading into it and like I thought it would be easier to do compared to like counting calories and doing this and like all that type of stuff. So I stuck with keto for about I think three months and I seen some drastic changes and everything but and then I realized how much I like carbs and stuff so I went and kind of made a little meal plan for myself and kind of stuck to that portion and just kind of figured out how many calories I need roughly by a calorie calculator and then kind of just went off that and enjoyed all the food. Even if I wanted to have like a Big Mac, I would kind of make it work. But it was, it's for me going off of a plan that I made and going to like a McDonald's or something always kind of set me back because then I crave that after. So that's what always tried to like that's what I always try to stay away from because it would always derail me and get me back into bad habits and overeating and all that good stuff. Which I think, you know, it, it's one of those things where things make sense on paper. You know, exactly. like you said, like on paper, you can look at it and be like, well, I can fit this in. You know, I, I used to do it all the time. I've, I've mentioned on the show before how I used to, I used to fit Reese's peanut butter cups into my Weight Watchers tracking because, you know, I just had to make sure that, you know, Basically, the only other thing I ate that day was protein. Um, you know, so it was Reese's peanut butter cups and and, and chicken breast. But <laughs> you can you can do that on paper, and it sounds great. And then you put it into action. You know, and I think that's when you know our relationship with food and how food impacts our bodies. Also, you know, food quality, but more so like that relationship. If you're if 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 your history is not just one Big Mac when you go to McDonald's, if if you make a plan to incorporate one Big Mac. It's almost like you open that door to those those sense memories, and you don't really you're not really fulfilling the bill. You know, it's it, it leaves you open to cravings, and you know, can be triggering for some people. And and there are probably there's probably someone out there listening who's like, well, I ate a you know I saw there's a YouTube video of a guy who ate McDonald's every day and he lost forty pounds in a month. And it's like, well, yeah, great that that worked for him, but it doesn't work for everyone. You know, it's, yes. it's about it's really about feeling your way through what you're doing you know, and finding that path for yourself. And that's what I like hearing in your story, you know, knowing that you tried different things to find what was going to be best for Jamie. Yeah. 
And so how did things, you know, what, what were the biggest changes, you know, what, so obviously when you start to dive into kind of being that intense and making dietary changes and, and you're as heavy as you were, you know, some changes can happen fast. Like what were the, the things you were noticing as you, as you were getting into it? So the things, uh, well, like mainly the scale dropping, that was like a big thing for me. Like the, <laughs> that's pretty much the way I monitored. I never really kind of checked like body composition or anything. I always checked my weight on the scale and that became a huge, uh, mine screwed my mind up for a long time. But, uh, so the dietary changes I made were just kind of to start were very, very like weird. Like I would switch a whole meal to just eating watermelon because I didn't understand I needed protein more than kind of like carbs and fats type stuff, right? So I literally would just eat like watermelon for lunch or something. And then I would have like, I would have like two or three eggs for breakfast. And I was starving myself for the first little bit. And then after that, I kind of realized, okay, like I can have eggs and whatever for breakfast, like a, like a protein source and the eggs are protein and fats too. But and then I'd have like a nice little carb, maybe a slice of bread. And then I finally went into like, okay, I can eat like chicken, rice, like a vegetable for lunch. And then I can even have like more meals because each one of those meals are smaller with lower calories. And then I could have like four or five meals a day. And I started realizing like, okay, make a structured meal plan for myself and me. If I make a meal plan and I pre-cook everything and like prep everything, I'm the type of person that doesn't like to waste food or anything. So every time I cook something, I would not waste it. I would eat it and eat it and eat it. And then I would do the same thing next week because I enjoyed it. And then, then it became a vicious cycle where I always ate the exact same food and I wouldn't want to veer off of that plan because I knew if I veered off, then something would happen. Like if I stepped on the scale the next day, I would be up three pounds because I had a different protein source or like more salt or I didn't get enough sleep. So it was like a vicious cycle. <laughs> Which things like that mess with your head. It's hard, especially if you haven't, kind of been in an, an extended period of weight loss and really done that kind of manipulation and playing with what works and what doesn't work and, and making that plan for yourself. You know, when you discover those things that cause fluctuations and cravings and all those different pieces, like it can be eye opening and frustrating and, you know, like, Oh, is this, did I do something wrong? And, you know, and then you have to sit yourself down and be like, okay, you know, I didn't eat enough calories to put on three pounds overnight. So obviously something I put in my body caused this to happen. Like I'm, I'm okay. Like getting to that place is hard. Yeah. It's real hard. That's for sure. You know, I deal, I deal with that a lot with clients, especially working with people that are primarily keto, you know, when it's, you know, whether they're traveling or they go out to eat and, you know, like you were saying, you know, that so we don't, I don't think we as human beings realize how much salt we take in when we eat out, you know, so if, if you go away for the weekend and you eat out three meals that day where normally you're cooking your meals at home, you're taking in a massive, probably a massive amount more of salt than you were thinking. So your body's going to hold some water, even if you're within your calories. And so seeing the scale go up, it's like, well, what did I do wrong? You know, I thought I stayed within my plan. I thought I did everything right. And it's like, well, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just, you're dealing with the way that food is prepared outside of your house, you know? So learn some lessons from that. Like realize that maybe if, if, if that is mentally upsetting for you, you know, what do you need to do differently next time? Or is it okay to recognize that scale fluctuations happen? You know, it's, it's one of those things that like I was talking with someone yesterday, just, you know, about, I learned for me that no matter how high quality it is, usually when I, when I eat sausage, I usually see the scale go up the next day. 
even just a small amount of it. Like, yeah, you know, so, and it's something that hasn't really happened in a while, but for a while there, it would be, I'd be like, I'm buying like this, you know, pasture raised pork sausage made by a farmer locally, you know, four times yeah. the cost of sausage at the supermarket. And I'm still gaining three pounds overnight because I had two pieces of sausage. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> something in there my body doesn't like. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then yeah, I also okay. know that that weight would go away the next day. Like, exactly. You know, so it's getting yourself into into that place. And, you know, on that mindset side, like I'm wondering, like, as you really started to see, you know, the scale responding and getting into like figuring out that meal plan for yourself. How was that, you know, because you talked about, you know, using food as an emotional, you know, as a coping mechanism, using food for comfort, using food for different things. You know, how did that come into play when you started to make these changes? Like, did you notice changes to, you know, how you were reacting to things or did you have to teach yourself new tools for dealing with different situations? I had to really uh, take a step back and kind of teach myself like coping mechanisms to kind of figure out how not to use my emotion with food or like, use like food for fun like use more food for fuel type stuff that was like a big eye opener because it's just like everything every special occasion everything that happens like okay uh we're just gonna go out for a date night but that date night turned into a big meal with two appetizers and then you go after and you get some ice cream and then on the way home you're like oh i'm already off the plan whatever i might as well just throw it under the bus and get three chalk and turn it into a big binge. And then all of a sudden you're at like 10,000 calories. Even, even while I was losing weight, I was still doing this every now and again. And it just kind of set me back. So I had to figure out what was kind of getting me to that point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going out for dinner. I just got to go for dinner. Can't go for everything else afterwards if i go for dinner stick to one meal and eat the meal and then enjoy the meal but don't overindulge and order two appetizers and like a big side and a dessert when you're there so i had to get that mindset of okay you're going out for dinner just just one meal and that was one of the hardest things i don't honestly know how i overcame it but i think it was more noticing Every time I would do it, I would gain a huge chunk of weight. Like I would go up like probably 10, 11 pounds, no joke. And uh, I realized, is it really worth throwing a whole like week and a half away of hard work just to gain like two or three pounds of fat that I'm going to have to work another whole week of dieting and exercise just to lose that one, two pounds back? So I got into that mindset of how hard I had to work versus how easy it was to put the weight back on. Well, it's seeing the value in your time in a lot of ways. Like, I, I think that's something that I, I, I think helps a lot of people when they figure that out. It's like realizing that deciding if an experience is worth it for going off your plan, you know, should come into, you know, it should come into play. You know, what, what does this cost me time-wise? The amount of work it took me to lose that weight. I put a little bit back, you know, and even if it is just putting a couple pounds back on, you know, and that's the funny thing is like, I, and I know you see this, you know, being on Instagram and in the social media space, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of like people in the coaching space or the influencer space being like, you know, have that off plan meal and, you know, go crazy for that one meal. What's the worst, you know, nothing really bad is going to happen from one meal. And I don't, it's, it's people that haven't experienced what you were just talking about, you know, exactly, what that, yeah. what, the, because it is, it's not like that was a four day binge, you know, no. it's, it's getting in that much food in one night. And yeah. yes, the, it, yes, in the end, the actual weight gain af effect is minimal, but 
the impact on you when you start to think about the amount of time, you know, and the effort you put in and, you know, what you're actually getting out of the experience, you know, is what you're getting out of that experience, you know, worth that time, you know, because also let's, let's, it's, let's be honest, you know, and you, and you make, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably weren't going to new, exciting, re- you know, traveling to new, exciting restaurants every time you were having these meals. Like, no, exactly. I was were, going to the exact same place. Right. It was, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that thing where, you know, where someone will say to me, like, you know, I really want M&Ms and I'm like, okay, you know, are, has, have they announced that M&Ms are being pulled? Like they're not going to exist anymore. Is this your last chance in your life to ever have M&Ms? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, oh, so you've never had an M&M before. You don't know what it tastes like. So you want to experience an M&M. And they're like, well, no, I've had millions of M&Ms. I'm like, so then why are these M&Ms so important? Like, you know, if it's, okay, my grandmother who is, you know, my grandmother in her 90s is making a pie at Thanksgiving and she makes these pies every year and we're being 100, you know, we're being realistic that we're not sure if we're going to see her pies there next year. I want to have a piece of her her homemade pie. That's different than okay. I'm going to a birthday party and there's going to be a sheet cake from Costco there, the same sheet cake that is made every day, thousands of times around the country. Like, is is that experience worth worth it? You know, something that someone makes by hand might be worth it. You know, a family tradition could be worth it. But having something that you've had a hundred times before and you're just doing it for the sake of being able to do it again. You know, that's when you start to really think about like, what's the purpose behind, you know, what is the purpose behind this food? Exactly. That's a hundred percent correct. Like, that's the thing that like literally even like my wife always tries to tell me like, Hey, let's go try a different restaurant. And I'm like, but why try a different one when we know we like this? And then she's always like, yeah, but we go there and you get the same food every single time. I'm like, yeah, cause I know I like it. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's good to make changes, but like, I'm so stuck in my ways that like. I like specific food, but now she opened me up to like try different restaurants and stuff like that. So now I go and I try and I don't got to get a big burger with bacon and extra cheese and all that good stuff. Big plate of fries. I can go and get like a nice chicken breast with like a little bit of rice or go and get a chicken breast with like a salad, you know, like I can kind of make varieties and stuff. It's, it's a big difference. And I mean, and, and let's, let's be honest, like I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to this. Like often when we are overindulging on foods, it's foods we know well. It's foods we've yes. had a lot, you know, and we're chasing that experience. You know, it's I want that sense memory back. I want that that same moment back for whatever I'm associating with the, with that food. You know, I, I think about like my own, like through the ups and downs of my journey, like in those those binge moments that I would have, you know, I almost had like a list of things that had to be there all the time. And you know, the same way, especially when I was in that place of, you know, I'm going to give myself Friday night. And that was the way it always would happen to me. Like, I'm going to give myself Friday night. So Friday night, I have to get pizza from this place and I have to get this exact flavor of Ben and Jerry's and I got to get these exact cookies and I have to get this exact thing, you know, and then if one of those things wasn't available, that's when I would start saying to myself, well, you know, if they're not, it's not available tonight, you could probably find it somewhere tomorrow. So why don't you just have this for to have another flavor tonight and then tomorrow give yourself permission to do it. And the next thing you know, it's four days later. And exactly. It's like, okay, really? Like <laughs> I was that, you know, like that's, that's something I would love. I've said with a couple guests before on the show, like I would almost at some point, you know, with a lot of trigger warnings on it, have an episode where like we just really dived into like the nitty gritty dirtiness of 
what it's like when you're planning a binge and like what things go through your head and like those, <laughs> those thoughts and feelings. So people can realize that they're not alone. Like, you yeah. know, the, the first time I said to someone else, I'm like, you know, when I knew that I was going to have a binge episode, it was always like three days before I started the list. Like I would almost oh. keep notes on my phone. Like got to make sure to find this, got to make sure to find that. Like, and then when I started to actually have perspective on what that, be what that meant, like the amount of time I was putting into planning, it could have been time that I spent on hundred other things like it's, it's just fascinating and then when you see that behavior manifest in other people it's wild to realize that there's just something in the human condition that puts yeah. us all in that place like and we who knows where it comes from but it is something like there, there's so many similarities yeah 100 percent. that's like like my binge i did the same thing i'd always start like three four days before and then i would be I would, okay i'm allowing myself saturday night okay perfect so i would get I'd, or actually, I'd order stuff on Amazon and stuff too, just to make sure I had it there for Saturday night. And then, yeah, it's just a downward spiral. And then, like you said, if you don't have something that night, you kind of just lay it over into the next day. Okay, I can I can eat this because I still have a little bit left over, or it didn't. I couldn't find it here, but I found it at Walmart or something. So then you'd go get it, and then the next day would be another terrible day. And then you're like, oh, screw it, I'm already off plan. Like I might as well wreck the whole day. And then it just becomes a vicious cycle. So as you got kind of further into your journey, do you feel like, you know, you were coming out of that cycle? Like, wh when do you think you realized that you had really started to make some some positive lasting changes for yourself? So I did 90 or I did a lot of my weight loss journey, like on my own for about a year and a half. And I still did the binges and everything for a long time. Like I it, it it's until I finally got a coach and he figured out like what I enjoy, like food quantity, sizes, everything that I realized like I don't really enjoy eating the f like the fast foods and stuff anymore. Because once I started eating clean and healthy for a couple of weeks and having that accountability and then when he gave me an off plan meal, the way it made me feel and like the sickness and like how full I was and the next day, the bloating, like just the, the garbage feeling. And I was like man, like I don't even really enjoy that stuff as much anymore. Like if you go to a restaurant, it's different. You get like a nice kind of cooked food, but still like I would, I would feel like off the next day. I would feel like I'm hung over or something like too much sodium. And that, that just like, I don't know that gnarly feeling that I didn't really enjoy. So I kind of stuck with the same stuff for a long period of time. Well, it's like building mindfulness around that is, is so important. Like, because the reality is like, we probably felt that way back when we were doing it all the time, it's just that that was the norm. You know, 100%, it, it, yes. it wasn't, you didn't know how good you could feel. So feeling bad didn't feel bad. You know, it's degrees. It's, it's all relative. So when you go through those stretches now of eating healthy and feeling good, and you have that off-plan meal that kind of veers in that direction, and you're like, okay, you know, that tasted good, but now I feel like hot garbage for 24 hours. Like, is that, is that worth it to me? Like, and is the, is the taste in that moment worth what I deal with the next day and, you know, all of that fun? Yeah. Yeah, I find, I find the next day nowadays when I go off plan and have like a gnarly meal or something, like if I even just I eat like Wendy's or something, because Wendy's is my go-to. Every time I go for like a cheat meal, I always got to have Wendy's. But uh, the next day is just awful. Like my daughter gets up mad early. I'm usually up at 3 a.m. We're working out, but my daughter gets up early too. So on the day after a cheat meal, I usually try to spin and then she's up early and I'm like, wake up hungover. I'm like, I didn't even drink 20 beers last night. Like what, why do I feel like this? 
And what? So you worked with was was the coach working with you primarily on nutrition, or was it also kind of fine tuning your activity? Like, take us a little bit into like the you know what actually you know what made you decide to start working with a coach? Like, what take us into that? So, uh, actually, I didn't really decide to work with a coach. He randomly messaged me through Instagram and I was kind of like, ah, man, like I don't really want a coach, you know, like I'm doing it good myself. And he's like, okay, like, let me just like make you a plan, like kind of like a one-off, like, let me help you and see if you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, then like message me back. So he, he made me a nice plan and like a meal plan and stuff, which was like strict, strict meal plan. So it was like uh, six meals a day, kind of bodybuilding style and a bodybuilding style workout. Cause I just started resistance training and I didn't, really know what I was doing. I was kind of just winging it. So he made me a a workout plan. Actually, he made me the plan for at home because of uh, COVID started. So I was just at home. I had like 25 pound dumbbells, 50 pound dumbbells, a bench, a couple of bands or something and like literally nothing. So he made me a plan to work with just what I had. And I was like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. He's getting me a good sweat. Like everything felt great. The meals, like I was full all day, every day. Like it was, it was nice. And I was still losing weight like nicely. So him just doing that. So then I hired him on and took him on and we've just been working together ever since for about a year and a half now, give or take almost two years now, actually. Nice. Yeah. And so you, you told us you're, you're down to like 183, like from, from the mid three hundreds, like what has, what, what are the biggest changes to your life? So just like energy level and everything has just been drastic. Like I, I'm like a really early riser now before I would like to sleep until like lunchtime or whatever. Now I'm like a mad early riser. I got energy 24 seven. I play goalie in hockey. So like my reflexes, like my speed and everything in hockey is just like 10 times better. Just enjoying life. Like I can do whatever I pretty much want to do now. Like I can chase my daughter around without getting out of breath. Like, we can wrestle, we can do whatever. Like it's, it's such a drastic change and it's, it's way worth it, man. I could have never, never even pictured what's happening now to be like normal for me now, you know? And are you at kind of like your goal? Are you still working on, 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 you know, your, your body transformation? Like where are you? Sorry. No, that's okay. Don't worry. I don't know if everyone can hear. Bama's going crazy in the background. Um, <laughs> so where where are you at kind of on your journey now, man? So uh, right now kind of sucks because I just had an emergency surgery. I had my appendix taken out uh, four weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm, I'm literally doing nothing for, they said, at least six weeks before I can pick up anything over five to ten pounds. So I still got two more weeks to go. But uh, right now I'm trying to put on muscle and like kind of fill out a little bit. Like I got down to one... 83 and I was like really really uh lean and like you know if you get really really shredded then you're kind of tired you're cranky you're moody and stuff like that so I put on a few pounds now I'm at around 200 steady and I feel really good my strength and everything has gone up in the gym so I'm trying to just put on a little bit of muscle and just fill out my frame so I'm not like a little twig anymore you know (laughs) understood and that's you know I, I talked about that with someone else recently on the show like that's a that's a mind game in and of itself. Going from that oh, place buddy. of trying to lose weight to now you're actually actively trying to add mass to your body. That's a that's a big scare for me. Every time I, uh, it's still one of those things. Like 
for me with my coach, uh, when we do a plan, I weigh myself every single day. So I eat the same food constantly and I step on the scale every morning. So he's monitoring my weight, my steps, like everything and, uh, water intake, everything like that. But, uh, just watching the scale go up is one of the scariest things like from trying your whole life to lose weight and now trying to put weight on it's like if the scale goes up i get nervous and he's like no 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 man like look at your body you look fine what are you scared of like i'm like dude it's the same thing the the weight's coming up it's scaring me like i don't want it to just start shooting up and then i'd be at 350 pounds again you know so it's it's a it's a scary thing for sure but now i kind of realize that to build a little bit of muscle and stuff you kind of got to put yourself in a surplus and not a crazy surplus you don't need like an extra 5000 calories to build muscle you just need a little bit of extra protein and carbs just to kind of get you through whatever but like it's just finding that balance where you're putting on a little bit of weight constantly and you're not going up like 5 10 pounds a week right you know, kind of coming through what you've come through and, and getting to where you are now, like, what do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned on your journey so far? Uh, the One of the biggest lessons I've learned is diet is a big aspect. Before, I always thought it was uh, like you had to do cardio and work out. And then that would help you lose, that would make you lose weight. But no, man, like diet is huge. And it's one of the hardest things to stick to and follow. Like if you... I don't even know how to explain it, but like if you don't kind of set yourself up with food you enjoy, you're always going to kind of relapse and fall back into what you what you were doing before. Like a lot of people try to tell me like, why don't you intuitively eat? Why do you always meal prep and do like the same foods constantly? Because if I intuitively eat, I'm going to end up back where I was before because that's the way my mind works. So if I wanted to go back to like enjoying food and going out for dinner like twice a week or something I'm going to put myself right back up to where I started but probably faster because of the aspect of I'll just go crazy (laughs) no well I, I I think there's a solid point in there about being able to enjoy the food that you're using you know to make these changes like it doesn't mean that you know I obviously I you know I exist in the keto space so you know I hear a lot you know Keto's restrictive. It's too restrictive. You know, if you live with restriction, you're going to end up going off it eventually. And, you know, my answer to that is always like, if you can, if, if eating this way is something that you actually enjoy and thrive on, then that's not going to happen. Like that's, that's the difference. Like if, if your food feels like a punishment every day, yes, eventually you're going to rebel against that punishment. You know, and I've seen that with people who, you know, get a couple weeks in, you know, on, on something like keto and they're like, you know, I just don't, I don't even like eggs and beef. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you've been eating that for two meals a day for the past three weeks. Why are you doing, you know, why are those the choices you're making? Like, well, I didn't know if there was anything else I can eat. And I'm like, well, let me, <laughs> let me sit down and list, you know, just, I'll just list 50, 50 different proteins you could eat besides ground beef. And exactly. we, we could start there, but it is about finding the things that work for you, you know, that you can enjoy and sustain. You know, it's one of the things that, you know, my coach taught me when I was working with a coach, like it's not. Because I think sometimes people see like hardcore, you know, especially the the bigger accounts on on social media are going to be like the hardcore bodybuilders who are eating, you know, chicken, rice, and, you know, they, they have, you know, of course, there's going to be all different sauces people use and things, but it's chicken and rice six times a day. But if the idea of chicken and rice six times a day drives you crazy, of course, you're not going to be able to stick to that. 
if the idea of, you know, going vegan is not something you can sustain, then going vegan isn't going to work for you. Like it is about figuring out, you know, how to, how to get yourself into that place, you know, of a caloric deficit, you know, in a sustainable way that actually works for your body and how to actually then navigate all those other pieces. Like, you know, I always say like when, when a client's first question is when can I have a cheat meal? Um, that's my answer is always, are you ready to lose weight? Like if your first thought is when, yeah. does, when does the cheat meal come? You know, we have, we have some bigger conversations we need to have because we haven't gotten through day one yet for you. Like, what are you going to eat on a regular basis? Let's talk about that. And then we can talk about when you're going to try things that are off your plan. Like, but finding a way to navigate through that, you know, and a lot of people do it alone. Some people do it with a coach. Some people do it alone for a long time and then end up work. You know, you were, you did it for, what was it like a year and a half? And then you started working with a coach. I did it for a year and a half, two years and started working with a coach. Like it's okay to use the tools that you need when you need them. Exactly. Exactly. So what are, what are the things that are driving you now as you, as you look to move forward? Yeah. So the things that are driving me now are more like, uh, I'm going to do uh, a bodybuilding show. Hopefully I was going to do it next year, but I'm not 100% sure, so we'll have to wait and kind of see if I'm going to do it next year. But that's going to be like a big driving factor for me because I like, I really like the leanness getting there and like that journey of the weight loss and like the eating less calories, like the mental game of all of that is so much more fun than eating a lot of food and lifting heavier weights. That's just my, my, my fun. I like that. I like the mental game, the mental struggles and like, sitting down with a bunch of people and everyone's eating like sometimes I get my daughter McDonald's or something I'll get her a happy meal and my wife will get McDonald's too and then I'm sitting there eating like uh potatoes and rice or potatoes and chicken or like ground beef and like something and they're all eating McDonald's and I'm just like yeah I get my food and you guys are eating McDonald's like <laughs> you know like it's uh it's one of those things I, I love the mental games and like the mental struggles of it all it's it's just a, a fun journey so just like just like the whole journey to be uh, stepping on stage for the first time is going to be really fun for me, I think. I think that's the next thing. Nice. Which, it's good to find those things that drive you. You know, it's good to find those things because eventually, you know, weight loss isn't the goal anymore. You know, and it, it becomes about other things. And whether that's about figuring out how to maintain it or take your body in a different direction or just, you know, start a new hobby, like find something to redirect your energy. But it is about you know, continuing to find what, are, what is the thing I'm working towards, you know, because life in general becomes stagnant when you're not working towards something. hundred percent, you know, and like you said, like, especially for those of us that have lost a significant amount of weight, when you've put that much energy and focus into it, that's a lot to then all of a sudden have sitting around if you, when you kind of hit quote unquote hit goal, if you don't find a way to redirect it. So, you know, it, it it makes sense to me that people hit goal and when they don't have a plan in place that they go back to old habits because they haven't put anything in that place. You know, that's, that's a lot of space in your head to, to all of a sudden have empty. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like that's the one thing with me too, like right now, cause I just have my appendix out. Like I can't literally do anything. And I've been training like probably six days a week for the past, like three years nonstop. Like I haven't, I've taken like a day off here and there. Like I haven't, like literally sat down for a week or anything. So this has been really, really tough. This has been a big mental game. Like I, 
I've been really strict with my diet and eating the same repetitive foods because I know how they react in my body and how I digest them. So I stick to the same chicken rice and like beans because my body reacts to it and it's it's good. It it digests perfectly, all that stuff. So like the last, it's only been four weeks so far and I still got two more to go. But uh, it's just been like really, really hard. Like I think going back to working out is going to be good, but it's going to be a struggle because I train at three in the morning. So I don't miss time with my daughter and wife at night. So I think that's going to be the bigger setback, like trying to get up real early. Cause right now I get up at, at uh four 35. So it's not too much later, but, and then I go for a walk and then I walk my two dogs and stuff and then just kind of try to get moving, but I can't lift nothing. So that's kind of like bumming me out more mm-hmm. than anything. <laughs> well, it's like you said, like it, you know, that it's almost like activity can become an addiction, like yes, in a positive 100%. way, you know, like yeah. addiction's a word that has negative connotations, but you get into like how it feels to continue to move your body that way and to, to see gains in the gym and, you know, just to, to prove to yourself that those are things that you can do. And then to have that taken away by not really by choice uh, is another of those mental hurdles that you have to jump through. Yeah. No, for sure, man. But you know, I have I have no doubts it'll be something you tackle. You know, when these two weeks are up, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I hope so. <laughs> well, Jamie, is there anything that you've been through on your journey that we really haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Uh honestly, I don't think so. I think we're pretty good. Nice. Well, I end every episode with the Fat Guy Five Five questions to run you through. Are you ready for your go through those questions? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so question number one, man, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? So my favorite fat guy is uh, Fat Chance Trying. Nice. He's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's a hell of a guy for sure. Chance is an awesome dude. Yeah. For sure. I, I talk, you know, I've had him on the show a couple times and I'm always open to bringing him back on. You know, he's always got yeah, something man. good to say. That's awesome. Question number two, man, what is something about yourself that you love? So one thing about me that I love is that I'm uh, I'm very caring and I'm very like uh, open to help people. Nice. I like it, man. Question number three, in everything that you've been through, Jamie, what has been the most important new habit that you've built? Diet, like learning to uh, adapt from poor food choices to cleaner, healthier more nutrient food choices it's been the diet has been like one of my hardest things i've faced like my whole entire life so making those changes and like getting that kind of in check has been the biggest thing for sure nice question number four man what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health fitness or weight loss related so uh the next uh, year i'm hoping uh this is going to air before I tell everybody, but, uh, my wife's pregnant right now, so she's going to have another baby. So I'm hoping to expand our family and then just enjoy that aspect of everything. It's going to be a hell of a time for sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both on that, man. That's awesome. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. That's awesome. And question number five, Jamie, what is something you would go back? If you could go back and talk to Jamie on day one of, of his fitness journey, what is one thing that you would tell yourself? So uh, if I could go back, I would probably uh, tell him to start weight training a lot sooner and get into more of the resistance training and not just like 
the the cardio aspect because I found with cardio just losing the weight is good but you just become like I don't know like more of like a zombie with just like the cardio aspect like the weight training is more fun and enjoyable I find nice well it's a good thing that you've discovered that you know as, yeah. you, as you've come through it all and if anyone out there you know you we know you're you're two weeks and when this airs it'll still be a week and a half before you're able to lift the weight <laughs> again man um where can, where can people find you if they want to follow along so they can find me on instagram at uh fat underscore two underscore fit underscore jamie and that's pretty much the only thing man nice. i just use my instagram for uh accountability that's what i started it for cool well, I will definitely put that in the show notes today. Jamie, I have really appreciated you sitting down with me tonight and uh, just just am, am appreciative of your openness talking to the audience. Thank you very much for having me on. I really, really appreciate this. Definitely. And hey, everyone, don't forget, Jamie is sticking around for the Patreon-exclusive after show that we will be recording in just a minute. But before that, a reminder, you can connect with me on Instagram as well at GourmetGoesKeto. On Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, though admittedly, I'm not on Twitter that much. But so Instagram <laughs> is the primary place if you want to find me. You can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And you can find out everything else that I'm doing at theketoroad.com. Especially, I'm throwing out an announcement there ending this week's episode. If you are someone who is getting overwhelmed looking for a way to get keto started, uh, the coaching team at the Keto Road, we've put together completely free resource, a getting started on keto page that talks about navigating food choices, talking about carb thresholds, how to know you're getting enough protein, you're getting enough fat, all the things you need to think about to get yourself going is there on our website, theketoroad.com under the getting started tab. Go check that out. It's brand new. We'll just have launched like two days before you hear this episode. So go check that out if something you're interested in. And otherwise, everyone, now that Bam is barking again, go out there today, my friends. Do something to amaze yourself because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here again on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. 